I'm saved. That's by my works. That's by your grace. I am redeemed. I am redeemed. I am saved. That's by my works. That's by your grace. No matter what he said, he said, furthermore, Carthage must be destroyed. And people would be like, okay, man, I thought we were talking about history. Okay, man, I thought we were talking about geology. Okay, man, I thought we were talking about math or economic policy. What does that have to do with, what does that have to do with this? And he said, look, 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 I don't care whatever else I talked about. The only important thing is that Carth Carthage must be destroyed. Carthage is the home of Hannibal, by the way. The man who rode around on elephants to fight Rome. So he's always, Cato the Elder is always hating on, uh, he's always hating on Carthage. He's always saying, therefore Carthage must be destroyed. Furthermore, Carthage must be destroyed. There's one thing that you should always know when we're studying the scriptures. The entirety of the Bible, if you recall the Old Testament, everyone says, oh, Ten Commandments, that's great. You know Exodus chapter 20, you find the Ten Commandments. Deuteronomy chapter 5, you can find the Ten Commandments. That's great. But if you keep reading after chapter 5 in Deuteronomy, you see there are over 600 laws. And all of those 600 laws are explaining the Ten Commandments. Their expansions, their specifications, their rules, to which none of the prophets, none of the righteous, none of our fathers were able to keep. So Christ, in the New Testament, he gave us... I, it really, it's mind-boggling to use the term of the Wadab from earlier. How he was able to use, he said, you know what? I've just got two things for you. So I need everybody... <laughs> I, what is it called in English? I, I was about to say it in Amarinya, but it's called making the sign of the cross. Everybody, get your cross like this. Get your cross ready, you put your finger here in the middle. Everyone's got their cross, right? In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. One God. Amen. When we do that, it's not something mindless that we're doing. It's very similar to what Abba Thomas taught us yesterday. Abba Thomas taught us yesterday that we have to use all of our energy to love God. He's told us about love. And Diakon Alamayo yesterday was talking to us about the captivating love that we should have for our God. And love are the two... <laughs> it's okay. We don't deny the kids to the kingdom. for It's theirs. Uh, so love is what we can use to bind all the 600 plus laws if we forget all the 600 if we forget the 10 we can always remember that, that love is what gets them together so the orthodox way of prayer if you're going to have to know about that you're going to have to recall that as if, if you get nothing from what I say today just say furthermore we must love each other everybody say furthermore we must love each other I was very weak, just like earlier. I've got a dying voice right now, and I'm saying it better than you. Furthermore, we must love each other. Furthermore, we must love each other. One more time, blow my ears out. Furthermore, we must love each other. Furthermore, we must love each other. So if you get nothing else from what I said, I, I just want you to take that away from this. And as we make the sign of the cross, what we're learning is about our two, our two relationships. We have a vertical relationship, and we have a horizontal relationship. And they're both love relationships. Our vertical relationship is with God. It's us and Him, Him and us. 
And so you must know to love God with all that you can do. As Abba Thomas said yesterday, when he does with little kids, if you guys were a little bit littler, I would say, everybody put your hands on your head, like Abba Thomas said. So you have to love with all of your mind. And then everybody put it on their hearts. You have to love with all of your heart. And then shoulders are usually, you say, lean on me, right, for your shoulders. So the shoulders are with all of your strength or all of your power, all of your effort, all of your energy, whichever way you'd like to phrase it. So we have the vertical relationship, right, with God. We have to love God. Then we have the horizontal relationship. Watch, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. We have the horizontal relationship. That means we have to love each other. Furthermore, we must love each other. So if you take nothing away from what I've said, you're going to love God and you're going to love each other. And that'll be probably better than anything I say to you. Okay, now we're going to define some, uh, some terms. <laughs> I did have one note here, actually. When reading the scriptures, if you get, if you get discouraged, everyone says, I want to start off in Genesis or I want to start in Matthew and just read everything. If you get, in, if you get discouraged, my suggestion to you, pick one book. Uh, one letter, one book, whether they be the Psalms, whether it be uh, any of the other wisdom books, Ecclesiastes, whether it be the letters of Paul, the letters of John, one of the Gospels, and read it all. Then read it again. Then read it again. Read it again and again and again and again and again. Just keep reading that one portion. Eventually, if you're praying with God for Him to reveal it to you, and if you're looking to see what the fathers of the church have said, you'll probably end up knowing that book or that epistle better than anyone else. And you'll become the master of that book. Slowly throughout your life, if you keep doing that with different books, you become the master of each letter. If you give yourself time, like I'm gonna read this every day for a week, or I'm gonna read it every day for a month, you're gonna, be, you're gonna know that better than all of your friends, better than everyone else. And that's not for glory, right? You're not trying to say, I know it better than you. But so that God can grant you life, if you just know one section of the Bible better than everyone else, you'll start to see those two commands that we're talking about. Loving God and loving each other. Every single verse is about that. You cannot find me a verse in the Bible that is not about loving God or loving each other. Every single thing gets back to that. So you know the main concepts. You already keep that in your head. You do the sign of the cross and you know you need to love God and love each other. And you use that as a key to understand the whole Bible. So now we'll define some terms. I'll tell you, as I, was, as I was presenting, I try to bring as much English as possible. We've been listening to a lot of Ge'ez and we've been listening to a lot of Amarinya. But, <laughs> Afomia pushes me a little bit and she says we, we should get some Ge'ez in there. Maybe a little bit of Amarinya. And so, I thought, okay, maybe we'll do just a little bit. So we're going to define what Orthodox means, right? And for us to define that, we're going to look to see what the scriptures have to say about orthodoxy. The very first psalm that David, or Dawit, uh, says for us, begins with, Which means, blessed is the man, happy is the man, God-pleasing is the man, depending on your translation. The Giz is closer to just, blessed is the man. Then it talks about not having the counsel of the wicked. The next line after that. Zaikwama Wustafanota Hatan. Blessed is the man who does not stand in the road of sinners. What's important for us there is the word fenot. It means road. And it's, it's something very critical for us to understand. Because in the New Testament, in the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verse 6, 
we find Christ saying something about himself. He says, I am the road to righteousness and life. Or other translations say, I am the way and the truth and the life. That might be the way you're more familiar. But a more literal translation of the Giz, it's using the same word, fenot, or road. So we have two roads that we see. In the first psalm, we see fenota hatan. Fenota hatan is the road of sinners. And you're told not to stand in that road. And that blessed man, if you want the deeper meaning, like we say, is our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, because he's the only one who doesn't do that. We all sin. So we're all standing in the road of sinners at one point. He does not. So you have the road of sinners, and then you have what Jesus says he is. The road to righteousness. The word orthodoxy means that. It means the road to righteousness. The right way. The correct path. The true religion. There are many ways that you can say it and translate it. You know, the original word is Greek, so when you, when you start translating things versus transliterating them, just saying orthodox or orthodox, you lose some of the meaning. But when you get the deeper meaning behind it, you have the road to righteousness and the road of sinners, right? So we want to get away from the road to sinners and get on the road to righteousness. So if I'm talking to you today, the title of what I'm saying is the orthodox way, uh, the orthodox prayer in your life. We have to know what orthodox means. <laughs> And we have to know what prayer means. So now we know what orthodox means. Orthodox is the road to righteousness, which is the personhood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ himself. Because he said basically another way of saying what he said is saying, I am orthodox or I am orthodoxy. So as if we get to learn how he lived, then we get to learn what orthodoxy is like. Uh, prayer. Prayer has many forms. And we actually got you through them. Uh, the three forms of prayer are formal praying, informal praying, and singing. Everybody likes to sing. Everybody likes to sing. Singing is a form of prayer. Whether it's a spiritual song or not, it's a form of prayer. It just depends who you're praying to. Um, but when we sing, it's our form of worship. It's our form of praise. And when we do that, it's a style of praying that we did earlier, the what up, that you all liked. Truly, verily, truly, verily, uh -huh, mind-boggling is his baptism. That, that we sung, that's a form of prayer. Even though it's a song, it's a form of prayer. Then you have the informal prayer. I'll tell you a little bit about my, my great-grandmother lived to 120, so she has a lot of, she had a lot of stories about her. One story about her is that she didn't really do formal prayers unless she's with other people. My aunt, when she was with her, would tell me stories that she would just be like, look, God, I, I really want to just praise you. I just want to do this with you. I, can you get this done for me? Thank you. All right. I'll wait for you. She is very conversational. And at times, we need to be conversational in our prayers. At times, we need to sing with our prayers. When we get into problems is when someone tells you, no, you can only sing or no, you can only have uh, informal prayers. Then we have the final form. The Our Father prayer that everybody said, Abba Tachin Hoy, or Our Father who is in heaven. That's a very formal prayer. It's set out. The Kidan that Abba Thomas and Diakon Alamayo did for us, that's a very formal prayer. It's written down. So in our lives, we need formal prayers. We need informal prayers. 
and we need to sing prayers. We need all form of prayers. We need help. We're sinners. So if you want to get away from standing in the road of sinners, into the road of righteousness, into orthodoxy, and start praying in an orthodox fashion, then we need to sing to the Lord. We need to talk to Him like He's our friend. And we need to talk to Him like He's our master and our God. We need, we need the loose and, and the strict. We need the singing and the non-singing. We need all the type of prayer that we can get. If it's the Nineveh fast or the one about Jonah, it's only three days. Can you go three days? Some people can't go three days without an earphone here, bumping the latest Drake or the latest T-Swift, whatever it is that y'all are listening to. But we have to listen to only Muslim during that time. You know, uh, it's funny, Kendrick Lamar actually says some prayers in his songs, but nobody quotes that. They quote the other stuff. So as long as you're not quoting the prayers of Kendrick Lamar, the next fast, try fasting music. Try fasting visuals uh, as well as keeping the food as well. Or lambs, you have lambs given to God. You're offering the burnt offerings we're talking about in the Masbak that Alamayo chanted for us. Christianity is radically different to the point where the early Christians were called cannibals because they said, oh, what are you doing in that tent over there? Oh, we're eating God. What? Communion. The final meaning of daily bread is the Holy Communion. In the Holy Communion, differentiating ourselves from all past religions, instead of sacrificing things for God, where God eats what we give to Him, we eat God. In our church, we believe that the elements, the bread and the wine, are truly transformed. We don't pretend to be daring and bold enough to understand how that works, but we accept this mystery. And so we have to all prepare ourselves with repentance, as Abba Thomas taught us yesterday. We need to get ourselves ready to repent. We need to see our father confessors. We need to be unashamed to let it all go so that we can receive healing. So to end, our daily bread, our daily bread is a basic food that we have, reading and listening to the word of God, and Kaddus Kurban. Thank you, everybody.